the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Sydney Edwards, bringing you the latest tech industry news, warehouse updates, developments, anything going on in the reefer world and cold chain industry. And if you are familiar with Running on Ice, you know that I write a newsletter every Wednesday and Friday about these industry updates. And tonight is no different. But before we head to our special guest of the night, I would like to get to some industry updates. Now, shipping giant AP Muller Maersk announced a new coastal service dedicated to New Zealand, calling it Maersk Coastal Connect. In a press release from the company, they say that the product will help enhance domestic connection and offer sustainable supply chain solutions for customers. The company will be deploying two 2,500 TEU container vessels on a weekly basis to five main ports. The release says that the combined north-to-south and south-to-north capacity will reach 250,000 TEU each year. And Xerox's Park Company announced a new arm to the system with Evercase. In a press release, the startup aims to disrupt the global supply chain, technology, and food storage markets by extending the shelf life of food products. Now, Xerox explains that the freezing and thawing of food items like produce and meats, while necessary, can compromise the quality of the food. Evercase is a device that is placed inside freezers to keep food sub-zero without forming ice crystals, so the food keeps its original state. Now, by saving the quality of the food, companies would also reduce waste and improve revenues. Evercase is now raising a Series A round of funding. And Freeze Pack Logistics announced the use of solar energy systems at two facilities, one in Carteret and the other in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Now, according to a FreightWaves article from journalist Noi Mahoney, the company installed 3,135 panels at their Elizabeth facility and 2,462 at the other. And between the two locations, Freeze Pack expects to generate 2.8 million kilowatt hours of solar electricity in the first year. The article goes on to say that these projects are part of the company's push toward clean and renewable energy sources in ways to control cost and continue support to be off the grid. The two projects cost nearly $5 million, and FreezePack has plans to add a solar energy system to its Woodbridge facility by the end of the year. Now, let's get into the good stuff. My guest today, I am joined by the wonderful and all-knowing Ingrid Brown. Ingrid is the host of America on 18 Wheels. She is a veteran in the trucking industry, and when I heard that she was in studio today, I knew I had to have her on. So, Ingrid, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Sydney. I was like, wow. <laughs> you get quite the intro from me, trust me. <laughs> thank you. I so, appreciate it. It's been... I was introduced to Ingrid um, just a couple months ago at our uh, last freight conference, and I was blown away by her knowledge in the industry. And so I would like to kind of go into a bit of your background. I know I called you a veteran in the industry, and that's true. Well, uh, 42 years, uh, and pretty much of those 42 years have been exactly what we're talking about, and that's the cold side. Uh, I love reefers. Mm-hmm. I love cold. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is, if it ships in a truck, in a reefer, I'm your girl. I, you know, I don't know at all, but at the same time, I, I just love to be a sponge and educate myself and utilize that uh, in detail. But in those 40 years, I know that you've not only worked in Refer, though that might be your favorite, but you've done dry trucking and what else? Well, uh, I've hauled livestock. I've hauled cows. Uh, I've also 
dry van, uh, owned a flatbed for about seven years. Um, kind of a little bit of everything, uh, asphalt, mm. um, a little bit of every, but cars. Cars oh. is something I haven't done, and there's a reason. Um, Why one, not? I'm not scared of heights, okay? Yeah, okay. But I see myself a pulling a car on top of a, a the top deck, Yeah. and i got to figure out how to get out. Well, I'm not going to fit through the window to get out. So uh, I'm one of those that I'm going to end up on my head, so it's better that we all leave the car hauling to the professionals that do it. I always am that person that's driving behind somebody hauling a group of cars, and I'm like, but what if? But what if something fails in the equipment and a car just flies off? It's like an irrational fear of mine when I'm driving behind one. I wonder what they do. (laughs) Uh, I've got a couple friends that haul cars, and this is going to be the first thing on my and yeah. you have to ask After them. This, I'm going to ask them, them, you know, what what do you do? And obviously they're not afraid of it. I, obviously, <laughs> and they can fit out the window. So today when we were going over a couple topics of what we were thinking about chatting about, I kind of came up with this idea and the title I'm, I'm, I'm calling this episode Being the Boss of Your Product because we were chatting and as a driver with so much experience as you have, you were saying a driver is not only a driver. A driver is in charge of so much more than just getting something from point A to point B. So I would love to get into that. Maybe just tell me what is it that a driver really is responsible for when they're on the road? You know, safety is number one. We all know that. Uh, but the biggest thing that the driver is responsible for is the freight in the trailer. Um, that means the quality of the freight before it gets on your trailer, while it's on your trailer, and of course, getting it off your trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that not only makes the money for everybody, but that right there should be the reason for every driver to want a truck. It's not about driving down the road and seeing the scenery. And, uh, you know, first and foremost, the professional side and your desire and passion should be making sure that, you know, when you unload that load at the dock and they sign off on the bills and it says, woo, it's clear and clean and everything's accepted and it's great, uh, it feels good. Yeah. It feels like you accomplished. It feels like that you you did something right. Right. You know that. And you're checking that off the list. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. So kind of going into, you kind of had mentioned maybe when it comes to maybe the rejections that you're seeing, what are you seeing currently? Um, What kind of items are being rejected? Why might an item be rejected? Uh, I'm hearing and and working with other drivers and seeing that the biggest rejection seems to be in the southeast region Mm -hmm. more so. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm I'm kind of thinking and not thinking. I'm, I'm looking at the ones that have told me this is, they're coming from a distance. They're right. coming from where the product's sitting on the trailer a little longer, mm-hmm. whether it be from the West Coast where we've now moved produce from down in Yuma and down in Arizona, Nogales at the border. We've now moved up and started running produce out of Salinas and uh, Oxnard and, you know, the produce country there. Um, which is one of my favorite places. <laughs> uh, so a lot of that rejection's being seen there. Um, a lot of the rejections that I'm seeing are berries, um, 
you're seeing some of your delicate products um, that are, are being rejected. I, I sometimes question whether those rejections, when I see and hear, and have, I've looked at a couple of the products, that uh, myself is, is there an over purchase at some of the places? Oh, interesting. And they don't have warehousing. Yeah. Or whether it's a simple thing as there's a bottom box that mm-hmm. has been dented or, you know, collapsed in the corner. And uh, I think we talked about that yeah. a little earlier of how that happens and why. So I would like to get into that because it almost seems like if 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 people noticed that, if a driver noticed that was going on, they could prevent maybe some of those rejections from happening or they would, you know, reject that themselves right then and there to get new product moving. Exactly. And this is where I love to be my little guru. And when I say that, um, is drivers need to be, and we're being allowed more, mm-hmm. before we weren't able to be on the dock. So if you aren't allowed to be on the dock, once you pull away, you can't check but your last two pallets. But that tells you a lot. You might not know what's going on in front of it, but um, some incidents and samples of that mm-hmm. is uh, checking for product expiration dates. And people go, okay, so if it's not expired, it's good to go. Well, you have to sit and calculate. Yeah. You've got to think. If it's going on my trailer and it expires in a week, mm-hmm. uh, everybody thinks, okay, well, a week. I mean, you know, whatever. You have to figure transportation travel time. You've got to figure how long it takes to get it unloaded. It goes in a warehouse. Once it goes in the warehouse, they have to do the transportation and, and onto their uh, trucks then it goes yeah. to the consumer. Mm-hmm. So what is that time frame? Make sure that you educate yourself if you're a reefer driver or if you're a broker or mm-hmm. if you're a carrier. You know, these are things that aren't just driver when I'm speaking of that. You know, a driver calls you and you're a broker and they say, hey, my expiration date is three days away and I'm in California and i got to go to Florida. And it only makes sense that it's not going to make it in time. Yeah, exactly. we got a little problem here. Yeah. You know, and a lot of times without thinking and a lot of times we we really kind of don't think on that stuff. Um, another thing is, is you can see the quality of the product. Mm-hmm. If Even if you can't get on the dock, but preferably if you get on the dock.